one. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a lawyer delving into a court case. This week I had Anna Caro from City Impro. We chatted law versus comedy, the gingerbread tax, and whether Jaffa cakes are cakes or biscuits. I also interviewed my husband because it was Bring Your Husband to Work Day at Hoxton Radio. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. It is Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. Now it's time for my special guest. Let me tell you all about her, Anna Caro. Anna stumbled into the world of comedy in 2012 when she moved to London from Germany. In early 2014, Anna joined the London improv group City Impro and she performs with them all around London, the UK and recently Sweden. In her spare time... Anna's a lawyer in the city, you know, just as a hobby. Here we go. It's Anna Caro. Hello. Hello. Hi. So what's it like just being a lawyer in your spare time? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a full-time spare time yeah. sort of activity. <laughs> it's your main and employment, I would of, imagine. Yeah, and um, it's quite interesting because I, I tell people, oh, yeah, you know, I do, I do improv. And then the next question they ask is like, oh, isn't stand-up really difficult? And uh, so that's, that's sort of how the two worlds interact um people don't really understand one and then in the comedy world people don't really understand being a lawyer yeah because you don't do stand up do you just impro no exactly so improvisation improvisational comedy which we're going to talk much more about um so so what's what's a normal week like for you as a lawyer and improviser (laughs) so um i you know go to work um usually before work i spend some time doing some comedy things like at the moment comedy uh, things yeah like that (laughs) well comedy props around comedy (laughs) comedy admin things mostly okay um at the moment we're organizing a festival which takes a lot of time to sort of get going but then I go to work and then um, you know once a week sometimes twice a week um, I meet up with my my fellow improv group and we sort of do gigs mostly around London um, and yeah that's that's sort and of how that so works. So twice a week so is it important with improv to keep things going practicing rehearsing? Um, I think it definitely helps because you're making it up as you go along. You go on stage and you don't have any material. Mm. And so a big element of, of improv is trusting everyone else is there and knowing they have your back. And obviously the more you do that as a group, the better the sort of connection becomes between all the members and the easier it, it is. And yeah. yeah so so that you do, you do your comedy things, mm. you rehearse with your improv group. Yeah. And then what, what does lawyering entail? Um, lawyering entails also some improv skills like <laughs> <laughs> good is that what your client do your clients know you're improvising <laughs> some some of them do but I try not to bring it up too much because um, I think it, it is quite you know it can be it's, it's a very different world the lawyering world um, but lawyering it, is the technical term right I've got that right yeah yeah, yeah it is it's <laughs> Lawyering, mild lawyering, and uh, heavy arguing. Arguing. Do you specialise in a certain type of law? Uh, yes, I'm a competition lawyer. Oh, which is like sort of. Have you won? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do, what's that? It's sort of. Uh, it's it's a type of corporate, facet of corporate law, and it's it's about sort of cartel enforcement can be. So if you have oh competitors doing agreements in back rooms. That's that's highly illegal, and then they get sort of prosecuted. And so, do you get involved with like the mob? Not the mob, yes. 
or like <laughs> think they're based in you know uh, they don't they don't take our firm. But uh, so, are you interested in all this? Is Trump in with the Russians? Um, business, or, or you are not allowed to say? I um I am interested in it, but not for professional okay. reasons. Yeah. Okay. You're not involved with prosecuting <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> Donald Trump's not our client. I'm glad we've we've sorted that out. Yeah. Gosh, well, we've got lots to talk about, <laughs> not just law and Donald no. Trump. Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, on Hoxton Radio. I've got the brilliant Anna Caro with me. Hello. Hello. How are you? I did not run away during the break. <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> She's still here. Still clutching her coffee yeah. because she knows that it's time for the quick fire round. Anna, have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? Other than on an improv stage, almost never. <laughs> okay. Well, don't worry. It might feel quite tense. I'm going to do intense eyes at you. But all you have to do is just answer the questions as quickly Sorry. as you can. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Here we go. Anna Caro from City Improv. It's a quick fire round. Yes. Intense music. Quick fire round. round. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Cats or dogs? Uh, cats. Impro or stand-up comedy? Impro. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Car or train? Uh, train. City or country? City. England or Germany? Ooh, England. Pen or pencil? <laughs> uh, pen. Comedy or law? Ooh, comedy. Chocolate or crisps? Crisps. Shia LaBeouf in Transformers or Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Half empty or half full? Half full. Books or movies? Movies. TV or radio? Um, TV. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? In the fridge. Adventurous or cautious? Um, adventurous. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Um, legally they're cakes, I think. You passed the quick fire round. Oh, was, yeah. How was it for you? It was it was good. I like the, the Jaffa cakes question. There's a whole court case about that. I don't know if yeah, you what? Is, yeah. Hello. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. There's a court case. Yeah, there was a whole issue around Jaffa cakes and whether they are legally cakes or biscuits because that would affect how much VAT you have to pay <laughs> as a consumer. Obviously it's not just for a fun reason. What what happened? Um I, d- I don't know the exact details, but Basically, if, if something is a cake, then it's um, VAT exempt, so you don't have to pay VAT on it. And if something is classified it, as a biscuit, then you pay, I think it was it's 20% VAT. Why is that? A biscuit's luxury items and cakes aren't. I think so, yeah. That's crazy. And then because I think the, the tax authority was saying, oh, Jaffa cakes aren't really cakes, they're biscuits. And then Jaffa cakes were like, no, we're cakes. And it went to court. And then, but what, what was the ruling? It's a cake. It's a, wow. Yes, because... Um, this changes everything. <laughs> because I think, and the, the test was like... It is called Jaffa Cakes. Yeah, cakes harden over time when you leave them out and biscuits soften or something like that, or, or the other way oh, around. wow. So they had like, there was like testing. Technical. Yeah, it's a... I'd love to be an expert in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've eaten 70 biscuits to compare yeah. to the Jaffa Cake and I've decided it's a cake. Yeah. When was that? We're going to look up all the details. I can't, of yeah, this. I can't remember when it was. I know. I'm quizzing you yeah, like your Wikipedia. I'm sorry. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. 
do we have to stop asking that question now? Because <laughs> they are officially cakes. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's just because something's like that legally, you know, you can still have in other situations. I love on that your the lawyer's like, like it. it doesn't matter if it's been ruled in law that it's a cake. No, you like, can still ask people's. Wow. We're going to look up all the details of this and tweet it. Um, Don't forget, you can tweet us throughout the show at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and at Hoxton Radio as well. A couple more questions for you, Anna. What's the one thing you couldn't live without? Ooh, that's a very difficult question. Um, I think probably uh, good movies. I love good movies. Ooh, that's a good one. What's your favourite movie? Um, recently, my favorite movie is uh, Manchester by the Sea. I love that. Um, and oh, I really love, it. like, as a bit of an, a guilty pleasure, is Madagascar 2, which I find hilarious. And, oh my God, I um, love the Madagascar yeah. films. Yeah, they're really good. Animals talking. Yes, please. <laughs> um, any secret habits or talents? Um, secret habits or talents? Um, I. No, I don't have any. None. Everything. I'm sure I do something. Do you have like I, a party I, trick that you do? Um, like an impression. I speak. I speak French. Okay, well that's that's <laughs> quite good. Yeah. And do you speak German? Yes, I'm German. Because you're from so Germany. I'm from Germany yeah. And you speak English. That's quite good. Yes. Three. Name. Any more? Any more for anymore? No, she's like, three's enough, please. Three's yeah. enough. I don't speak any other languages, oh. but I can say yeah. bonjour. Anyway, we'll be back with more after this. It's Hoxton yeah. Radio. Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the brilliant Anna Caro from Hello. City Improv. Now, Anna, you've kind of rocked all of our worlds <laughs> with, before the break, you told us that Jaffa Cakes were officially cakes. Yes. There was a court case. There was a court case. And now we've looked it up and we found out there was a court case in 1991. We've tweeted information, if you're excited by that. We've also found out something about gingerbread men. Yes. So gingerbread men are also, have been, are not all born equal, I think was what what it said. And if you have, what was it? If you have, if they only have two chocolate eyes, they're VAT exempt. Yeah. But if they have clothes. Then, you know, it's game over. I feel like this is the government trying to encourage us all to stop wearing clothes (laughs) through gingerbread men. I think that might be the secret behind it. <laughs> so if gingerbread men have tiny little icing clothes, mm. they have to pay tax. And if yeah. they're not wearing anything, also just eyes, so not even a smile. No. no. Yeah. Um, by the way, I should point out, it is Bring Your Husband to Work Day at Hoxton Radio. My husband is here, the man who does Bones Plus One jingle. And he's been Googling all of this because this is what he loves. <laughs> so we have an extra research assistant today yeah. who is my husband. Live research. Yeah, it's As great. Yeah. You, if you need anyone, Anna, yeah. at yeah. the law firm. Yeah. I mean, he has a full-time job, but <laughs> no, as like a hobby. He's really good at Googling. He's, he's really good at Okay, that's... Uh, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> Anna does not look impressed. <laughs> okay, Anna, it is time for your interview proper. Yes. And I've got all these questions here about, you know, how you got into improv and, mm-hmm. and Germany and performing in Sweden. But I think first and foremost, yes. we need to talk about you meeting Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Um, so, because <laughs> that's the most important thing. <laughs> that is really important. And because I, I was listening to the show before I came, and there's, you know, sometimes you talk about meeting celebrities. So, I yes. thought, you know, we have to talk about the one time. Last I, week we talked about Joan Collins. Yeah, exactly. So, I have to talk about the one time I actually met someone famous. Um, this was uh, 
in December last year, I was in Sydney. So not so long ago. No, it's not. And Still vivid. Very, yeah, we'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one story I will tell my grandkids when I have them. Um, so I, I was in Sydney and um, I was lo- sort of looking up what can you do, you know, I, I wanted to do something at the Opera House. <laughs> did it say meet Shia LaBeouf as one of the and, um, trip advisor? It, k- it kind of did not, no, um, because it, there was a festival going on at the Sydney Opera House about pop culture mm. and I thought, oh, that's like an interesting thing and I looked up some of the events and one of them was one of Shia LaBeouf's uh, performance art projects which he's been doing you know in the last sort of year and what it was is that him and two of his collaborators were sitting on the main stage of the Sydney Opera House and you could go in one by one between midnight and 6am on like two nights and you could tell Shia LaBeouf anything you wanted and the only caveat was that it had to start with the words and in the end and then all of that was live streamed on YouTube and also your message then was broadcast on this like massive LED screen outside of the Sydney Opera House and into the night. Wow, so not very secret. No, it wasn't like you know, <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah. basically on TV. It was well on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um the young people's television. Yes. YouTube. <laughs> so what did you tell him? So I um I spent like I spent actually a lot of time thinking about it because a lot of people came in and like read out poetry and like and and tried to say something like very profound and I was like I have nothing profound to tell Shia LaBeouf like we've never met <laughs> <laughs> so and also like by the time I, I got to the front of the queue it was 4am in the morning I, I, wow. I, I was there for, for more than four hours waiting wow. yeah it was a long long wait was it worth it I thought it was like okay. yeah so I went in and I was like I'm just gonna give him a really cheesy compliment okay so I came in and I was like hi I'm Anna and then um I asked for the two names of his collaborators because I didn't know what their names were and their names were Luke and Nazdia and then I was like okay you know I'm gonna cut to the chase this is my message and I said um and in the end and I turned to the first person's Luke and I was like Luke if you were a vegetable you'd be a cucumber (laughs) and then I turned to Nazdia and I was like you must work for Coca-Cola because you're so delicious (laughs) and Shia if you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple. And then that was that. And I thought it was... And then they all laughed. And then Shia LaBeouf said, oh, you're sweet. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it, it felt, you know, like a very, very cheesy moment, a terrible pun. And then that terrible pun that I hadn't even come up with myself, I must sh- say in shame, was broadcast for like a good five minutes on this like huge LED screen outside of the Sydney Opera House. And it was it was like the greatest moment of last year. Thank That's you. great. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of puns. So I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, appreciate exactly. those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I always ask this when someone says that they met someone sort of in the public eye. Yes. What did he smell like? So I couldn't, I couldn't smell him because he was about... Too far away. Yeah, he was too far away. Like he was on a stage. Was he, he was roped rain. off? Oh, he so you didn't ra- get close. Yeah, so he was on a stage and you would come down into the into the main opera hall and you were quite like you were like below him. Okay. So I went to the front row, yeah. And so I, I didn't smell him, which I guess in this situation is a good thing because otherwise he would have had a very strong smell. And also he'd been there all night. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulate. That sounds like a brilliant 2016 experience. I hope 2017 I lives think, up to yeah. the Shia LaBeouf YouTube uh, scenario. Yeah, I, yeah. But now we need to talk about improv. So how did um, a lawyer from Germany 
come over to England to study, end up mm. staying here and working. Yeah. How did you find yourself in the world world of improv, improv comedy, improvisation? Um, so I was um, moving to London and none of my friends were moving to London and I was like, oh, I need new friends. And I'd read... Um, Tina Fey's book that summer, <gasps> Bossy Pants. Love Tina Fey. Yeah. And in the, in the book, there's like a long section about improv and she describes it in quite a lot of detail. And I just thought, oh, that sounds like a fun thing to try and it's a group thing. So I just sort of like Googled a course, did a beginner's course and like never left after. And that's sort of how I've been wow. getting into it. Yeah. So you credit Tina Fey with I your... I do, yeah. With <laughs> everything that happened from 2012 onwards is uh, directly connected to Tina Fey. Amazing. And then how did you get involved with City Impro? Um, so that was a, a couple of people that I'd met on the course, started the group and then um, in early 2014 asked me if I wanted to join and we're called City Impro because most of us work in the city as, as other things so we have a so what what are some of the other jobs from the people in your troop so we have so I'm a lawyer we have a, a banker we have some consultants uh, accounting event management and then we also have some you know actors and comedians which we let join so on paper do people think mm, this doesn't sound very funny bankers not. and lawyers do you know what I mean and yeah. then they come along and they're like oh my god I think we we try to sort of you know say look this is you know an excitement you can you can have an exciting life you can see exciting things even if you are a lawyer you can have a serious here. job yeah. and a sense of humor exactly yeah <laughs> when, when I tell people I'm a German lawyer who does improv comedy like they they're just like okay really <laughs> their minds are blown yeah. but that's why you know I'm trying to single-handedly you know change the stereotype of Germans and lawyers at mm. the same time yeah so how does so for people who don't know anything yes. about improvisation or they've heard of it but they're not quite sure what it entails how would you explain what you do because you there's lots of different sort of troops isn't yes. there like clubs of people who do improv and you all perform together yes so you have um, a lot of different improvisational styles so you can have what what we do in my group is we do things like whose line is it anyway which is very silly very like short games and um, there'll be puns there'll be you know terrible accents things like that um you also have other groups who do completely different things so at the festival where we're organizing we have like someone coming in who does an entire shakespearean play improvised off of audience suggestions people do improvised musicals now if you've heard of the showstoppers mm. or and there's um, the Jane Austen improvised novel, yes. which people might have heard of. Exactly. So, and the, the thing that sort of unites all of these things is that they're made up there and then, and they sort of relate to what the audience suggests beforehand. And it's sort of a, a communal experience. Every every show is a sort of, you're trying to build a, a link with the audience. Um, and lots of people, do, uh, people must ask you, do you plan stuff before? Is it all truly improvised? Yes, people do ask. My, my parents didn't believe it the first time they came to see it. But it is, there's, there's obviously like certain guidelines and rules as to how you can make a successful scene. But in the end, improv is a lot like just hanging out with your, with your friends and, you know, making jokes and, and, and bantering. And that's funny as well, even though you don't think about it in advance. And you're just sort of putting that on stage and, and it's being very playful. Yeah. 
I, I like that you said it's just people hanging out and putting it on stage. I think there's a little bit more work that goes into it. I don't think we could put any group of friends on stage and it would be entertaining. No, um, but, but you are doing a festival yes. this weekend. What's it called? It's called the Shoreditch Improv Festival. And um, it's 30 different groups doing all these sorts of different genres of improv, all coming together over um, three days. Um, and also we're doing a, a workshop for beginners. So if you sort of see oh, what you great. like and then want to try it, and, you, and anyone can do it, as you know. Well, we're going to talk more about this amazing yeah. festival of improv after a bit of this. Keep it Hoxton Radio. Baines plus one. It is me, Samantha Baines, and... Anna Caro. <laughs> it's Baines plus one on Hoxton Radio. Um, the brilliant Anna Caro is here from City Improv. It is time for our new game... Ooh. which is called Plus One, um, because it's called Baines Plus One. Oh. So I'll give you lots of examples of events, okay. and you need to tell me what Plus One you'd bring. And All they right. can be a celebrity, they can be someone made up, they can be a fictional character, sure. anyone you like. So first up, who would you bring, Anna, as your Plus One mm-hmm. to the Oscars? Ooh, I think, um, based on our history, I'd bring Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think, if I know someone there. Mm. Yeah, and why? Already. And why would you bring? What do you think he'd be good at at the Oscars? I think he'd be a lot more self-assured that I than I would be in that situation. <laughs> yeah, he'd just done be it like, yeah. And he could also introduce me to everyone. And um, yeah, I think it'd be great. And maybe he'd bring like one of the Transformers with him. And exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah, you could turn up in it, and then it could transform, and then you walk up the red carpet. The red carpet. Be, That'd be yes. making an entrance, wouldn't it? Um, what plus one would you bring to the UK Pun Championships 2017? Ooh, um, I think I would have to bring, I think I'd just bring uh, Angela Merkel, maybe. Wow, okay. Because I think we're gonna, she's going to have to understand a lot between like sort of English-German <laughs> relations. And I don't know if puns are a thing in German that, that much, so... Really? What, do yeah. puns not exist? You must have uh, wordplay. No, yeah, we do, but not... Like, I've never heard it as, like, a sort of subset of comedy or... No, okay. So, so I think, yeah. So she'd just be very confused. She, yeah, that, but she has to, you know, everyone has to learn now. Mm. For, for, the, for the negotiations. For the negotiations, yeah. Um, who would you bring as your plus one yes. to a meeting with an ex? Um, I think... Is it going to be Shia LaBeouf again? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Shia. No, but I won't. I wouldn't bring him. I think I'd just bring, you know, The, the Rock. Um, Whoa. Yeah. What, to beat them up? No, just to... T- <laughs> no, not to beat them up. That it's sounds unfair violent. to my... Um, just to, like, you know, look intimidating. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't actually go for any violence, no. Okay, but, yeah. but to be like, look at where I am now and who I hang out with. Don't mess with me. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I like, I like your style. I've become extremely, you know, into my fitness. Since. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would you bring as your plus one to a yoga retweet? 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 My yoga no, retweet. retweet. Um, as my plus it. one. Um, I think I would bring... Let me just come up with some... I don't, I don't know. Even yoga, know. they might have to be, like, flexible yeah. or just really good at, like, praising the sun. Um... I think just Meryl Streep because, oh. yeah, and the reason is that she's, you know, she's extremely glamorous. Everyone really admires her and it would distract from the fact that I cannot do anything in yoga. Okay. <laughs> so that would be the, the aim, yeah. 
Um, also, she looks great in dungarees, which we know from oh. Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. um, and finally, who would you bring as your plus one to a medieval banquet? Um, I would, would you go bring... someone medieval or someone modern? I think I'd bring... Um... What's the guy's name? Uh, Rob Stark, you know? Oh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. But he... He did... Yeah, so he'd be... At, at the Red him. Wedding. Yeah, We'll but just no, say no, that in case anyone has <laughs> So he's not that great at banquets. <laughs> no, I'm, it would be more so that he can have a positive experience at oh, a banquet. Oh, that's you know, nice. So that, yeah. yeah, remember that last one where yeah. stuff went you know, bad? Yeah, not all banquets have to be like that. So, I like yeah. that. Okay, that's lovely. That's our new segment, Base Plus One. Um, coming up, we have the gig guide. <laughs> The new sound of Shoreditch, Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. I've got Anna Caro here from City Impro. Now it's time for the news. Anna, are you going to do the lovely headlines for me? Yes. Here we go. One sec. News on Baines Plus One. Sit back and listen to Baines and her guests analysing some of the most important stories breaking this week. We have to let the man say the news thing, you see. Okay, here are the headlines. So, the headlines are Fifty Shades of Green. No kennel can hold me. Chumpets. Ooh, what a whopper. And hedge job. Those are the headlines. I've also just realised that the dress I'm wearing, I haven't done up one of the buttons and it's at a level that is quite revealing. A lower down level. Anyway, so Fifty Shades of Green. Let's look at the news. Fifty Shades of Green. Popcorn, empty cups. And the wrapping from your 3D glasses, all items you would expect to find on the floor at a film. But what about a cucumber? That's what one usher claims to have found at a cinema in Sydney after a screening of Fifty Shades Darker, which is a sequel of Fifty Shades of Grey. He posted a picture of the gourd on Twitter saying that awkward moment when you find a cucumber in the cinema after after a Fifty Shades session. They claim it was discovered at the Hayden Orpheum Cinema, a retro cinema in Mosman in Sydney. One person questioned why they were picking up without gloves. Another person said it was good that people were eating healthily during the film others wonder if it's true or if it's just a pr stunt now anna you've been to sydney yes does it seem like people would bring cucumber to the cinema there i mean there's like a a whole section of city that's very like hip where you can go to loads of like vegan cafes okay you know if if the cinema was there i I think it was just it might have just been part of the culture there's a subculture there yeah what Um, do we think that they were doing with it i think hopefully they were just Peeling it I mean, and peeling it. Well, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then chopping it. I don't peel cucumber. Do you, you peel cucumber? Oh, really? Yeah, I peel cucumber. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so tweet I us. Yeah. If you, maybe we'll do a Twitter <laughs> poll. I haven't done one of those yeah. for a while. Maybe this is part of your new very Jaffa important cakes subject. Yeah. Cake or is like cucumber. Very important yeah. questions. Yeah. Do yeah. you peel cucumber yeah, or not? Yeah. Um, we're going to do that on Twitter. So head over mm. to at Samantha Baines and uh, we'll find out what you all think. Mm. Um, I I'm worried about this because I feel like if they were bringing the cucumber for sexual reasons, yes. they're going to be missing the film. Oh, and you've paid your ticket. You, you have paid your ticket, and 
Also, other cinema goers, I'm sure, would see and be like, can you get out of the way, please? Yeah. Can you stop bobbing up and down Maybe on the cucumber? Maybe they're trying to do this thing. You know, there's some cult films where you go along and, like, you know, sing along films or when you go see the Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. Okay. Maybe they're trying to start a, a sort of trend mm. with the Fifty Shades franchise. Where, where you bring a where you, sexual yeah, item. Yeah, where you just <laughs> go along. From your collection. <laughs> Okay, I yeah, like it. Maybe, yeah. I like it. And no kennel can hold me. This was the mutt version of a daring prison break. It was orchestrated by a Siberian husky who tried to escape when he thought no one was watching. But a CCTV camera at the veterinary clinic in East China caught the sled dog as he expertly opened his cage using his mouth and then freed a few of his mates. Uh, it's kind of difficult to open the cage, even for human beings, as there is a little mechanism for unbolting the door, the vet's owner said. We've been in the industry for six or seven years. I didn't know there was a vet industry. We've been in the industry for six or seven years and there hasn't been any dog that has opened the cage in this way. The staff were even more shocked because they thought the animal was stupid. <laughs> I love it. Why, why have they rated the animals that they're keeping and how intelligent they are? But apparently they've said he was the dumbest of three sledge dogs. Uh, but they didn't manage to escape him and his friends. They were they were thwarted by a passed word on the door. Um, but they're not calling the dog an idiot anymore. Yeah. What do you think? Of that? I think this is you know the 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 beginning of the the revolution. You know, like the dog do you know like how, how how robots keep getting smarter and smarter? Yeah. And I think. No, you know, they they got to the password section this time, but next time they'll probably get through. Right. <laughs> we should all watch out. I love it. Yeah. I lo also maybe he was pretending to be stupid. Yeah, because he's super clever. Exactly. It was like an ocean, or maybe you know it was just a diversion, and the real plot was happening. Yeah. You know, like an Ocean's Eleven type situation. Okay. And, and Do you think he was Brad Pitt or George Clooney? I think he was uh, Brad Pitt. Definitely. Is that yeah. just because you do you prefer Brad Pitt? He's always eating all the time in all his films. No, because I, in my head, the, the dog's trying to steal food. And, uh, and uh, that, yeah. that was the real plot. And it's sort of a meat Joe yeah, Black yeah. eating peanut butter with yeah. a spoon. Uh, chumpets. Do you love crumpets? Do you love chocolate? If that's a double yes, then you need to get yourself down to Need Bakery because the Stoke Newington-based bakers have come up with possibly the most food-porny breakfast item yet – the chocolate crumpet. So simple. So obvious. But yeah, have you seen a chocolate crumpet before? No. Though the need's been making them for the best part of a year, it was only when BBC Good Food spotted them in Selfridge's food hall that the crumpets cropped up in the mainstream radar. They say that when heated, the crumpet texture turns slightly gooey inside. Not unlike a chocolate brownie. And we're not talking about some faint chocolate flavour either. These buttery bad boys contain 70% cocoa chocolate. You can toast them and eat them straight or follow Need's Instagram advice and stick a lump of maple butter on top to melt through the holes. Sounds good. It's a good thing this show's at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those so badly. Yeah. Although the, the article doesn't mention the very important information of whether it's VAT exempt or, oh, or yeah, not. We don't like, know. We don't know. And... Is it a luxury item? It, I mean, it kind of doesn't sound like one of those essential. Yeah, but, but it is gingerbread yeah. essential? Yeah. With eyes. With eyes. Husband research assistant. Please, can you check if crumpets are VAT exempt? Yeah. Um, um, finally, ooh, is this finally? No, two more to go. Ooh, what a whopper. Uh, when it's Valentine's Day, 
all you can hope for is an absolute whopper. Just want something satisfying, fulfilling, maybe with ketchup. We're talking about burgers, obviously. Um, but also sex toys, because you should have both. Israeli Burger King is giving us what we've all been eagerly waiting for, finally combining the joy of a fast food meal with added sex appeal. For Valentine's Day only, they were selling adults' meal boxes. So it's like a happy meal. It's a Burger King's adults' meal. And instead of a children's toy, there's an adult's sex toy. Each box contains two Whoppers with packs of French fries, two beers and a romantic adult toy. That's what they called it. Burger King has kept an element of central mystery by not specifying exactly what the toys might be. But the promotional videos show a blindfold, a feather tickler and a head massager. What do you think of that, Anna? Would you like a sex toy with your Happy Meal? Um... <laughs> I, just, I, I, I can't believe I've just asked my guest that yeah, question. I, I've until now I haven't thought about it. Okay, and uh, I mean I, I like. I wonder whether the advertisers sort of like get all seven or something like that. <laughs> collect <laughs> them all. Collect them all. Like Pokemon. For, yeah, the more you Catch have, the, the better your sex life will be. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we'll look it up. Yeah. Um, Hedgehog police in New Zealand have shared a video of a disoriented hedgehog found by officers looking very drunk and walking into things at the weekend. The unfortunate creature was wandering around with a yogurt pot wedged firmly on his head. Oh, in New Zealand, they posted the clip on Facebook, and the officers wrote. After a brief foot pursuit, the subject was cornered and the yogurt pot removed. Crime prevention advice provided about going through people's rubbish lived to fight another day. This is not the first time we've dealt with disorientated hedgehogs, but we hope the prevention advice given will see a decrease in hedgehog food container related incidents. Yeah. Oh, Poor, that's such a sweet story. Yeah. Perfect story to end on, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the news this week. Uh, we'll be back with Poem of the Week. The new sound of Shoreditch, Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. Poem of the Week on Baines Plus One. Oh, you're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. It's time for Poem of the Week. Anna Caro from yes. City Impro. You've written me a poem, haven't you? I have written a poem. Um, what's it What's it about? So the, the, wanna... the poem's called I Can't Believe It's Mid-February Already. Where has 2017 gone? Okay, yeah. that's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> as a title. Yes. I like what you've done there. Do you want to go for it? Okay, Here yes. Here we go. All right. Yesterday at work, someone wished me a happy new year. But at this point, that is no longer an inappropriate cheer. 46 days of 2017 have already passed. That's 12.60%. It's going pretty fast. Because it is one of my characteristics that I like numbers and statistics, and poetry definitely needs quantitative data to ring true, here are some interesting facts for you. Already the Earth has traveled 73.7 million miles around the sun, and an estimated 16.2 million babies have been born. It's been almost 20 years since Hansen's Mbop and 10 since the iPhone was given to us by Steve Jobs. To me, it seems like yesterday that I made my way up a hill to see the fireworks display full of resolutions I would definitely obey. Since then, I have not been spotted on a treadmill. My visits to the gym total exactly nil. I still spend time refreshing my favorite news site, even though it makes me feel kind of unhappy. But 2017 still has 319 days to go, plenty of time for me to stop being a self-critical couch potato. 
At this point, the glass is way more than half full and the rest of the year will surely not be dull. Yeah, that was great. I love the statistics. <laughs> Quantitative data. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All poems need data. Every poem needs at least one statistic, I think. Um, well, thank you very much for that. Yeah. My poem has no statistics, oh, okay. so I feel That's like fine. I've let you down there. But I did write it on the loo this morning, <laughs> and it's about Valentine's Day. Here we go. It's called Love Day Fun. Flowers in every hand, loving words sung by a cheesy band, cards with jokes and pictures of bears, married people walking around unawares. Oh God, it's love day, dash to the shop, try and book a restaurant on the hop, people complaining, single and otherwise. That's, it's all that garish and bad for the eyes that we shouldn't celebrate as it's a made-up holiday. Why is love measured by how much we pay? But maybe it's nice to have an excuse. Maybe it's more than a love noose. A day of love. Is it a bad thing? Confess your love to your partner or your friend or anything. It doesn't have to be romantic. It just needs to be fun. We can all enjoy it whether you're married or a nun. There you go. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, every time I read the poem on air, I always realise the amount of spelling mistakes yeah. that I've made and have to correct in the moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I will try and have more statistics in next week. <laughs> Thank you for your statistical poetry input. Um, pleasure. That's that's the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So um, coming up, I'm going to be interviewing. My husband on Hoxton Radio, because why not? Stay tuned. Baines Plus One. You are listening to Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. Now, for a slight change to the usual schedule... Um, I have brought my husband with me today because I've mentioned it's bring your husband to work day. <coughs> um, but actually, it's not really. It's because we're going to Cambridge after this because I'm debating at Cambridge University. Scared, I know. So I thought it might be entertaining if I interview my husband. So here he is, Matthew Williams. Hello. Hello. <laughs> have you ever been on the radio before, Matthew? Uh, no, I've not. No, this is this is a first for me. Are you scared? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> So what's it like being married to star of Hoxton Radio, Samantha Baines? Am I allowed to swear on the radio? No. Okay. Uh, it's lovely. Is it? What's your favourite thing about being married to me? Um, getting dragged along to all your wonderful gigs and radio stations and... So sarcastic. Yes. What do you tell everyone what you do? Because you don't work in the industry, do you? I, d I don't work in the industry. No, I am a data analyst, so I, I very much appreciate all the data in today's show. <laughs> what 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 does that mean? That's what Charner and Friends does. It, he, yes, it is what he does. Um, I don't know if I should give it away because uh, he's a man of mystery, and so am I. <laughs> oh, trade secret! <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. What's your favourite statistic? I don't have one. Oh. No. I just, uh, no. Try harder, man. You should do, shouldn't I? You didn't prepare me for this. I didn't. I didn't you only told me two minutes ago. I was going to be this speaking is on the, radio. The, the show's theme today is improvisation. Yes, no, I can't improvise. <laughs> what, you have a maths joke, though, don't you? What's your favourite maths joke? He didn't write this. It's stolen from someone else. Yes. Go on. Why was a mathematician late for work? Because he got the rhombus. Yay! Did you get it? I love it. And 
I, I, I love that. It's a great joke, it's isn't a, it? It's really good. Yeah. Anna appreciates yeah. it. And I'll tell you Shia LaBeouf next Very time good. I see him. Like, it's one of the ones you'd like as well. Uh, Matt, who would you bring as your plus one if you couldn't bring me to um, the Oscars? Um, I think I'd bring uh, David Beckham. Oh, I'm glad you didn't pick a lady. David Beckham, why? Because he's not very good at talking. Yeah, he's one of my idols. Is he? He's a fantastic man. I'm learning so much about you. (laughs) David Beckham is one of your idols. Yeah. You did wear a sarong on holiday. There's nothing wrong with that. Is that why? Yeah. What, because of the football? I'm modelling myself around David Beckham. On that bombshell, I think we should go to a song. That was me interviewing my husband, who apparently idolises David Beckham. You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. Oh, what a show we've had. Anna Caro's been here from City Impro. Yes, I'm sad it's almost over. I know, right? We have to say hello to your dad as well. Hi, Dad. He's listening from Moscow. Yeah, he just texted me. It's amazing. I love that international listenership. (laughs) Um, Now, we do have to talk about what's going on this weekend. We've mentioned it already. There's a festival of improvisation. Exactly. So um, we're organising for the second year running the Shoreditch Improv Festival. It's going to be all weekend at the Water Poet in Shoreditch. We have um, 30 acts coming, shows Saturday and Sunday afternoon and evening. They're just, you know, £10 for, for three hours of improv. Um, it's great. So we're going to have, um, you know... Friday's sold out as well. Friday's sold out. So if you want to come on Friday, we we'll, might have a couple of tickets at the door, but, you know, Saturday and Sunday is your best shot. Um, and they can book tickets by just going to the website, is that right? Yes. I think if you if you just Google Shortage Improv Festival or go to cityimpro.com, um, you'll find all the tickets there. And now, you were telling me about a really weird and interesting improv show that my husband really wants to come and see. <laughs> yes. So on Sunday afternoon, we have um, an, an improviser who built his own robot artificial intelligence AI who he improvises with so I think and this might be wrong but I think the the robot knows loads of like books and movies and then you can talk to the robot and the robot will respond to you and they sort of build scenes and games together so will Um, it respond with something from a book or a movie like a quote I'm I'm not I don't think it's just a quote but I think it learned it understands language somehow and it can respond I, I don't know. It's, wow. yeah, but it's so, really amazing. Like, so he's going to be on stage with this robot. Exactly. He's built this robot. There's like a, a protector. And um, I think he's built like a, the robot's actually like a little person as far as I know. And they just sort of do things together. Wow. They, yeah. Things. Improv. <laughs> improv, yes. Non-sexual <laughs> robot <know>. things. <laughs> yeah. that, that must be quite difficult to perform with because you're not performing on your own, but also you've got to carry the show because you're the only human involved. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've, to be fair, I've never seen it, but it sounds like the most intriguing yeah. thing ever. And I've, I've, yeah, and there's a whole Shakespeare play. Being- there's a whole Shakespearean um, play. One of the lost Shakespeare plays is going to be performed on um, Saturday night. We have uh, an improvised band coming in, an improvised musical. We have wow. people coming from Ireland um, and from outside of London. And uh, every anything you think improv is or isn't, like you will see there. It's if you've never seen improv before, it's a great way to get introduced to. This, this type of comedy because it's, it's not just sort of whose line it's all sorts of different things you can all see mm, so that is this weekend yes it's uh, February 
17, 18, 19 at the Water Poet in Shoreditch. Amazing. And people can follow you on Twitter, can't they? At yes. City Impro. Yes. Or on um, Facebook as well. Oh, brilliant. Same, same, like City and Pro. Yeah. yeah. Well, Anna Caro, thank you so, so much. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. into the studio. Definitely check that out this weekend. Uh, if you're interested in Impro or you want to find more about it or you want to see what it's all about and maybe you can try the Beginner's Workshop as well. Um, if you are around on Sunday, I will be previewing my brand new show, Sunday the 19th of February at the Pleasance Courtyard as well. So that is one woman a high flyer and a flat bottom that's my new Edinburgh show so that's an hour of me doing stand up about the lost women of science so maybe you can hop between the two of us you can do a bit of a, an impro Saturday and then come and see me on Sunday um, I'll she'll be back next week at 12 till 2 have an absolutely lovely week and stay tuned for Hampton's Half Hour Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguininthearoom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.